You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 374, brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and actionfigureblues.com. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Eddie. And Scotty. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Super 7, San Diego Comic-Con, TMNT, Ultimates, Baxter Stockman, the Iron Studios, Stanley Mini Cove figure, and the Mafex movie, Aquaman action figure. Greetings, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be back with you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Still chuck, chuck, oh, I was going to say trucking along and somehow trucking, still trucking, chucking, but I'm not chucking, I'm trucking. (laughs) Now, I did start off by saying, how are you? But um, I guess uh, what I should be saying and getting all serious for a minute is, uh, is are you okay? It is National Are You Okay Day and uh, I think... Uh, Eddie, you rightly pointed out that uh, you know, are you okay? Day twenty twenty is probably more important than uh, than ever. Um, so, are you okay? Yeah, I am uh, okay. Ben, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm traveling, traveling pretty well, I think. Yeah. And what what about you, Scotty? Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm yes. It it <laughs> is. Uh, I I would say like. I have better okay days and other okay days, but my overall level of okay is... And I, I think that's the important thing with uh, Are You Okay Day is sometimes people feel the pressure to say that they are, but it's to me it's more about taking that time, take a couple of seconds, truly have a think about it, and uh, you don't necessarily have to be honest with uh, the person that's asking, but it's good to be honest with yourself and sort of take a couple of seconds and... Um, think everything through and think, you know, maybe I'm not okay. Maybe I need to um, start taking some actions. Maybe I need to speak to some people and see if they can help or assist. And I also think if you find that you're saying you are okay, uh, it's also good to consider, well, can I also then, uh, do I have room to speak to someone else and help them uh, carry a bit of uh, the emotional burden that particularly this year uh, Mm. can uh, bringing on so it's something that we do chuck out and ask um a fair bit but um i think today and pretty much any day uh 2020 it's good to take that five seconds and uh really think and be uh honest with oneself yeah i, I believe are you okay day is an australian event so it might j- just for our non-australian listeners I don't, i'm not sure is it always the on a particular day or is it the yeah, I think I think it's the second Thursday in September. Second Thursday yeah. September. I, um, I feel like the actual date changes. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those Father's Day type ones where it always falls. Otherwise, you know, if they announced uh, that it was the if it was the tenth of September, you'd have it falling on Saturday and correct. Sunday. But yeah. I, I think you know it's an important um, an important thing to do while you're working. Um, I know certainly in my workplace. Um, we we make the most of it, uh, and in years past, it's actually been pretty successful. I have to say, it's uh, one of those things where people organise uh, morning teas, and um, yeah, I think subconsciously it makes you kind of reach out to colleagues that you may not have had a, have had a coffee with for a while. Um, and so, yeah, I actually take it quite seriously at work. I do check in on people and and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's a valuable tool. It's easy to trivia, trivialise it. Um, mm. And you know, ask it in a, in a flippant way, and obviously, um, some people use it in a, a more meaningful way than others. But as Eddie said, I think you know, if there was ever a year where um, that question is uh, really important, and the, the origins of it, because are you okay, is a, a nonprofit organization, and the or- origins of it are around suicide prevention. Um, so it is you know that, and it was actually founded by. A, a fellow whose father died by suicide, mm. and um, the that that uh, whole I guess notion around really involved with people and asking. I, I have a a friend whose son died by suicide about three years ago now, and it was truly one of those out of the blue. Yep. You know, no, nobody knew that he was um, uh, struggling in any way, and it is so important. Um, and I, like I said, I think if there was ever a year where we needed to take that time, not just to ask each other, but as Eddie said, to really ask ourselves. Um, mm. Eddie, I loved your Facebook 
a video earlier um, today just saying really take a moment to stop and ask that question because I think, you know, we want to be okay and we want to, we want other people to think that we're okay, but it's actually okay not to be okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It is okay not to be okay. And I think many people would probably be surprised at just how willing uh, friends and family members would be to just have a listen. Um, you know, and, and as my wife keeps telling me, uh, I want you to listen, not solve problems. So, um, <laughs> but I'm and, a man. You know, that's, that's right. <laughs> and of course, you know, that's, that's where it actually starts, just having someone listen, being able to, um, you know, be a sounding board for somebody who may not want you to say anything, but, you know, just be there. So, all right. Well, that's the uh, that's the serious part of the show over, and we'll now move on to um, something a bit more kind of you know I guess frivolous with our our hobbies that keep rolling along despite uh, you know the the world going to hell in a handbasket I guess. Um, <laughs> Mister Eddie, any new pre-orders or acquisitions you'd care to mention? Ah, uh, I like it. It feels like September is just unending with the amount of things that are turning up each and every day i i worked out this is going to sound shocking i in like this last fortnight i've had probably about a grand taken out of my bank account for (laughs) x-men based marvel legends alone that's not even like marvel legends in total (laughs) that's just for um x-men themed uh, (coughs) marvel legends when you take in uh, the 20th anniversary um, uh, movie wave and uh, the San Diego Comic-Con uh, exclusive uh, stuff that's uh, going to cost a little bit extra. And uh, I was also talking to Ben. I might be going a little bit crazy with the Deadpool movie figure <laughs> and uh, almost going down the Toy Galaxy route uh, like Dan is with the Bubba Fett. So I might become a guy who just constantly buys that Deadpool Marvel legend. Uh, whenever I see it, and we'll just have a shelf of just that one figure, like Larry Boxall, who <laughs> buys a particular Hulk comic every time he comes across it. Yeah, like three hundred and twelve, I think it is. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember. He's like, I, I, I need I to track know. one down just to hold it over him. Just I don't know cool. what he's up to now. That's how you end up essentially homeless, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Just, just yeah, sorry, Larry. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's always a silver lining. You can live in the storm water drains with the Ninja Turtles. Then. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mister Scotty? Have you? I need to give an update. To, uh... um, on our last episode, I shared my suspicion that a pre-order, my pre-order of the uh, X-Men Strong Guy Wave from Zing Culture, which I ordered all at once uh, <laughs> and then had to kind of weirdly go through and pay for it. Um, I was suspecting that they were being, that turned out to be correct. They left Brisbane uh, about two weeks ago and about three days later, one of them arrived, which is Sunspot, and the rest are still not here. So, and but then my uh, warm deluxe war machine, which was another pre-order, uh, has arrived, and I think my storm and thunderbird may even beat them. I don't know where they are. They say they're in Melbourne, but they're obviously having a Ooh. a relaxing holiday, um, and you know, a long cup of tea before they toddle over to my place. So madness wow. and craziness. I didn't realize I'd they'd, they'd shipped yet because I've got them. But then mine are all tied up with like every other um, thing in that wave. So I got a I got a text saying because mine were ordered for in store pickup, and I got a text saying we will convert this to uh, you know, shipping for free. Just reply yes, and I was like amazing yes, and man that's it's a true gift because they're sending each one in their own little box um, as long as they all get here. Mm. So <laughs> I mean, oh look, that's you know, that's interesting because it's yeah still up for release later on in fact the release date's been moved up on the site so maybe the they are i know uh, the uh, storm thunderbird oh strong thunderbird i've been charged for it um and well, i don't know something's coming yeah <laughs> um so it's like christmas i, know. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I i'm actually been... in that at the moment because shipping is so crazy here uh in stage four lockdown where me and scotty are at the moment You'll have things that will only take a couple of days to get somewhere, and then you'll have other things that will take weeks. So just because you got like the shipping notice yesterday, you don't mm. know what 
and then you'll get like a, you've got a parcel coming in the mail and because uh you really can't go to any shops like pretty much any shopping you're doing aside from groceries uh parcel delivery you've got so many parcels coming you don't know what's what and what's turning up on your door it's like a weird mm, mini yeah. surprise We've roulette four online shoppers in our house so <laughs> the um the the ring doorbell has never come in handier um the the but then my uh, other thing that arrived is my sideshow uh, premium format flash came Ooh. from sideshow and that has managed to travel internationally and arrive to my house faster than my remaining Marvel mm. Legends strong guy figures yes yes so, so look you know it's all a waiting game like my my eldest is going a bit insane about some stuff that just seemed to be sitting forever, but um, yeah. th- there's there's all kinds of things impacting it. You know, they they are not as part of stage four; they can't operate at full capacity. Yeah, um, yep. and so that obviously impacts. I'm I'm going to be the last person to throw stuff at all the different people that have to lead in this in in Australia, where uh, overall I think you know the response has been imperfect, but pretty darn good. Yeah, most yep. of us are still yep. alive, <laughs> yeah, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of being alive. That's right. Others yeah, yeah. around me also being oh. alive. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I, I've got a lot of stuff waiting. Oh, sorry, I do have one more thing. I picked up um back back in the the day the Bishojo line, if you remember. Um, they changed scale early on and it kind of threw me and I got rid of some stuff and then regretted it. And at one point I thought, oh, I'm, I'm not going to keep these. And so for some reason I, I sold my Wonder Woman um, and then really regretted it because she's amazing. They've, they have never done a second edition of her, unlike some of the others. And she's really hard to find um, for non-organ replacement prices <laughs> and i happened to see somebody selling one in australian facebook group for a super reasonable price and yay. uh yay so i've got one woman back and that makes me happy so i've got all the uh, like i i you know, i've got all the in scale dc uh, all the dc ones um back then which is happy days and i'm hopefully this weekend gonna get them actually redisplayed in my display room which is taking forever to put together because getting work you know which <laughs> that's is good. that's Damn. not terrible very good very good uh yeah as for me uh i've actually had a few pre-orders uh arrive which is nice but i think they're sort of the sort of thing that have been out for a few weeks now so some star wars black um empire strikes back 40th anniversary stuff that eddie's probably had for weeks and <laughs> uh yeah like if i get my snow speeder sometime this year it's something i'd like to um do a bit of a breakdown on yep, i've got that waiting for you, you get um, yours. but yeah at the moment it's this really crazy time where hasbro in particular keeps announcing uh exclusive after exclusive after exclusive and the mad scramble that just follows to to try and uh, you know get hold try and obtain this stuff um it's it's really bizarre like you know i feel like every yeah, you know, like every day, um, Eddie will send me a a link to something, and it's like it's up for pre order at uh, at one of the e-tailers here who have managed to secure them, and so I'll yeah. I'll dash in and and get it, and then the next day someone will send me a link, and I'll go oh, I have to tell Eddie, and then it's like you know I'll see yeah. you, um, and raise you uh, another exclusive, and I made made the mistake of leaving one of them. Uh, I got sent a link quite late at night and I thought, oh, no, I'll do it in the morning. And then, of course, you know, the next morning it was sold out. So oh. now it's it's added this element of panic. Uh, every time a link comes through, I, I feel obligated that no matter where yeah. I am, I have to suddenly get on my phone and uh, and put in a pre-order uh, lest I, you know, miss I, it. And, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't think it helps that everyone sort of, stuck at home on their computer all day yeah yeah so it's it's yeah. not like uh where someone would post at like 11 o'clock on a work day oh i noticed this is up and it takes a few hours for everyone to see notice get on and then you'd have a whole bunch of people too because uh one of these main retailers zing is also physical stores all over the country mm. so you have a huge amount of people that be like i'll just go down to my zing and pick it up off the shelf or move through that 
might not be yeah. doing that or doing the runs anymore. So people who would normally go in store to buy are also now buying yeah. offline as well. And it just, yeah. yeah. I also think I have the mutant ability to create interest in, uh, you know, I'm the opposite of Arnie and the cooler. And what happens if I skip that one particular item and think I'll get it later, it's the one that will actually rock it up in value. Um, <laughs> you know, every other exclusive will be just sitting on the shelf and, and yeah. there'll be a, a dime a dozen and you can pick them up at half price at the end of the year, financial year sale. I'm the other way around. It'll be the the one that ends up being, you know, $200 on eBay. So... It is often the <laughs> exclusive that you're most excited to get that ends up being the one that just sits around on the <laughs> always the mad scramble. Yeah. And then yeah, it's that one that people like, oh, yeah, I'll get that next time. Or yeah. I, I just do the thing where I play the long game on things and then, you know, that I think, oh, I'll just pick that up at some point. And then they suddenly disappear and become super rare. Um, yeah. Yep. I did that with the Diamond Gallery Zatanna statue, the animated um, one which sat at alternate worlds forever, and I kept thinking, next time I go there and there's nothing else, I'll grab her. And then that that time arrived, and she was finally gone. And you know they were asking, which is crazy because their prices actually are usually kind of insane. But they were asking, you know, ninety bucks whatever for her, and you couldn't like she literally is not out there. It's not yeah. just a case of mm-hmm. like she's really expensive on the the secondary market. I think there's one on Amazon for 3 million dollars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like you just like literally, literally I have a, you know, a saved search for that in eBay and I keep going and checking is this you know safe search till there because i'm not getting anything um <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah. i'm the same with sideshow statues you know I'll, I'll i'll put in a pre-order as soon as it's um it's solicited and uh, you know three months after i've got mine i see someone put up a, a listing on a facebook group saying that they're getting out of statues or something and they'll list eight statues for really good prices and they'll all be ones that i have and it's like oh, oh. okay they they can be had cheap if only i had known I, I could have picked it up yeah. for 70 percent of what i actually paid for it but then you scroll down a bit further and there'll be the one that i don't have like uh, zatanna and yeah she'll be you know uh, uh relatively you know um you know, an organ or, or something like that. And I'll just go, really? The one that I skipped and decided to pick up later is the one that's now, you know, on the, through the roof. So <laughs> I've uh, found myself becoming very much a uh, bird in the hand kind of guy this year of like, yeah, look, it's if, if it's within reason, when it's like, okay, you know, these black series normally go for $40, but uh, this person has it in stock and it's $50. Yeah. I'll just spend that $50 and be like, okay, that's a $10 bird in the hand um, fee. Like, I've got it, and I've got it. It's shipping soon. Like, I'm not waiting yeah. for it. It's there and done and all. But I think I actually have stuff on pre-orders at about six different places, and that's because of yeah. this, this mad scramble that I was talking about earlier where normally I was getting you know most of my Hasbro stuff from one supplier. And then suddenly it's, oh, okay, well, they're not actually getting that. Oh, I wonder where I'll have the opportunity. Oh, my God, someone sent me a link to Amazon. I don't like getting figures off Amazon, but I haven't seen it anywhere else, so I'll get it. And it's like, that's actually a really good price, but it's coming from America. I wonder if I'll ever get it. Oh, no. And so, yeah, it's it's very weird. Do you have Amazon Prime? Uh, Well, I have a trial at the moment. Because with the Prime shipping, like, you know, I mean, when you find things that are decent – Price-wise, you know, it's the shipping's usually free. Like so, yeah. with Prime, even for international orders. The, so. the, only, the only thing with it at the moment is that, like, uh, once it actually ships, it's good. It can sometimes be with Amazon waiting for the item to, uh, like me and uh, Ben have been waiting on the Arctic Storm Shadow to ship um, for a couple of weeks now, even though it was meant to be in stock when we ordered it. Yeah. Um, but once they actually do ship, Amazon's actually the fastest way of getting an item, uh, into the country at the moment. They, Mm. I think have their own private delivery plane and sort of just uh, flies out and lands and they distribute through the warehouse and, uh, move it through. So I've actually found like, um, during this, uh, in with Australia on a bit of lockdown in regards to, uh, you know, it can take two months to get something from China. Uh, Amazon, once it's shipped, it can be here within a couple of days. Like, it's uh, amazing mm-hmm. how quick yeah. they can move international. Yeah, Crazy, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, very good. All right, well, now that we've complained endlessly about our trials and tribulations of acquiring dollies, maybe we should actually talk about something we do have in hand. And uh, we might take a break and come back with our first Toy of the Week. From the Black Hole Collection, it's Vincent. Look, a black hole in space. And Captain Dan Holland. It's the Black Hole action figures, each sold separately. You can pretend the evil Dr. Reinhardt and Maximilian want to force Captain Holland and Vincent into the black hole. All clear, Captain. Other black hole action figures sold separately. Maximilian, Captain Holland, Vincent, and all black hole action figures sold separately by Migo. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we'll take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and it might be a new release, uh, might be a favourite or a bizarre item from our collection. And by the sound of it, Eddie's opening his right now. <laughs> oh, sorry. Or, or dropping it. Or... <laughs> uh, yes, uh, uh, I have an item that I'm excited to talk about. I had two items arrive this week from... Uh, what was meant to be San Diego Comic-Con 2020. Uh, it didn't happen. Apparently there was an online version that no one uh, turned up for. Uh, but uh, they still had a whole bunch of companies make exclusives for it that they had to find a way uh, to get out of there. And uh, being a Ninja Turtle collector, I needed to get the Ninja Turtle exclusives, which uh, got the magical mutagen tour. Uh, from NECA, which was, uh, as I spoke on last week's episode, a bit of an ordeal for people to get and run through. And uh, there was a lot of disappointed fans. Uh, one that got a lot of positive uh, buzz, though, is the item that I'm going to talk about, which is the Super 7 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimates Baxter Stockman, which in brackets is the Bug Zapper Blue Glow version. Uh, so. <laughs> This guy, um, during what was going to be the weekend of San Diego, went up on their website and he managed to stay in stock for uh, pretty much a day, which is pretty good uh, for uh, the uh, San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. A lot uh, with everyone buying online uh, seemed to go really quickly. So they seem to have a good amount of stock, enough that it didn't sit around, but uh, chances are if you were after him and had the means uh, at the time of San Diego, uh, you would have been able to grab him. Uh, so he came in a brown shipper box. I'm going to try something uh, different here. I'll show you guys. Uh, so it has a very nice turtle. Oh, wow, that's big. On the front of uh, the box. I always like when they do this, if they're going to give a shipper box, to give a little bit of design. Uh, so you know what it is nice. and the character piece. And then inside that, you get a beautiful box for the figure. Uh, so it's got this wonderful sewer uh, manhole lid design. And it's going to be unique for every character uh, mm. in this uh, Ultimates uh, line, which I didn't mention at the beginning of this, but uh, it is a new line of uh, Turtles action figures uh, that the main waves are being made to order. So they go up, you order them, and then they take about a year to come out uh, through. Okay. So we're just starting to get the first wave uh, in hands. I should hopefully have mine by the time we record uh, our next episode. But yeah, they're all coming with this beautiful sewer lid, uh, unique to each character. Uh, so this one has the fly face of Baxter Stockman in the middle of, uh, and on the back you get a coloured version of that Turtles logo again. And then it's got a beautiful sort of slip-covered uh, front piece that opens up, and you've got the main box here on the inside. So it's kind of got the brick design that the old uh, 80s Turtles figures had. This version's a kind of purple design to the bricks because it's the exclusive, uh, but... The main versions will have the more classic brown brick design. Yeah, character bio uh, on the back. And one thing that I love, I don't know how they did it. Uh, they've actually got the license to use the 80s Turtles logo, uh, which a lot of the new toys haven't uh, had the option of doing. And it's got sort of a beautiful die cut on all these pieces uh, around it and the graffiti. So it really stands out and is a really pretty box. Uh, I always love when I get pretty boxes for my collectibles. So definitely a very collector-friendly <laughs> uh, uh, box there. Uh, but on the inside for this one, we have a, a Baxter Stockman 
And he, yeah, he's quite big. So he's uh, just to his head, he's over eight inches. So he's sort of uh, in that range of sort of a modern uh, Marvel Legends builder figure kind of size. Like he's in there with um, your Apocalypse or your Strong Guy uh, in size. Now, generally, they are based off the old 80s Playmates toys, which usually had a bit more of the. crouched action position ready to go with the legs bent uh which you can get them in which drops them more down into that six inch frame uh Mm. but they are articulated enough you can have them standing straight up uh as well so he does tower over a lot of other figures the turtles um being the turtles are a bit uh smaller from uh what i've seen for people who have uh the Raphael in hand uh which is good that sort of fits the sizing that the turtle should be uh, but I am interested to see because Bebop and Rocksteady are meant to be Goliaths in this line. So if Baxter Stockman's this big, how big are Bebop and Rocksteady? No, yeah, it'll be a serious so, chunk of plastic. Yeah, so it is a good sign that it is living up to the Ultimates uh, in uh, name and title. Uh, they are based off the uh, Masters of the Universe classics. So uh, it's being sculpted by the Four Horsemen, same people that did that. And it is really capturing that uh, toy being reimagined rather than other versions of the characters. But uh, there's not a lot, like there's no parts here that have been reused from uh, classics, the way that that sort of seemed to reuse that same buck uh, Mm. over and over again. And potentially as the line goes on, we might see a little bit more of that. But uh, looking here, it's it's taken that articulation, but it's all 100% uh, new sculpting. And it is a glorious sculpt. So if you remember those old Playmates toys, like that was where they really stood out was all the sculpt design and all the little details. So uh, he's still got things such as the syringe uh, in his little top coat pocket, uh, veins popping through and out on his back. One cool detail that uh, really took a lot of people back is he's got a wedding ring uh, on his finger (laughs) <laughs> which wasn't painted on the original toy, but he's actually sculpted there on the original oh. toy uh, on his hand. But this version being the ultimate, they've sort of given it a bit of a silver uh, coloring over the top that runs through. So uh, it is fantastic. Now, this being the San Diego Comic-Con is a glow-in-the-dark uh, figure. They went with the blue color because that was sort of the mutagen color that sort of shone in the animated series. And so they thought that was a good uh blue design to go with so he looks quite different from what the base figure in wave one is going to be that's going to be based off uh the original toy colorings but uh this guy was too cool to pass up even though uh he's not really based off uh anything in existing uh canon through there uh he's got a lovely range of accessories and just like the 80s turtles toys uh you get a rack with the uh, pieces on them uh, still attached to their pegs. Uh, And this was originally how the Ultimates uh, accessories were going to come packed in your box. But uh, being collectors, people weren't happy about that because they would have to break their collection in order to get the accessories uh, taken off. So what they've ended up doing is giving you that rack as well as extra duplicates of the accessories already popped off. Um, So you can keep the the rack uh, completed and attached and also have your accessories. So you get the painted accessories loose with the figures, and then you've got the classic toy non-painted ones uh, still attached to the rack there. So he comes with the accessory that the 80s toy came with, which is a sort of fly swatter that has a little squash turtle on it, and the turtle has been uh, coloured in, unlike the 80s toy. Uh, And he's got a... On the original toy, this went over... Uh, his wrist, the uh, sort of blue piece at the end, but now it goes uh, over a gun and the fly swatter does pop off as well. So we can hold that individually <laughs> in a hand. He has from the cartoon zero series, uh, his retro mutagen gun, which is glow in the dark, but they've colored in uh, the back piece there. And he comes with a huge amount of hands. So you've got all the hands you'd sort of want. <laughs> it's uh, gripping hands for the different accessories, uh, open, relaxed hands. The one thing I am disappointed in is he's got two different gripping hands, which can hold both of the weapons uh, in the many way. I would have probably preferred if one of those got swapped out 
and he had an extra style hand uh, for his bug arms that come uh, out of his back. Uh, articulation is pretty much what you would expect if you've ever handled uh, one of the Masters of the Universe classics. Uh, notable points on him, though, is because of the shape of his head and his kind of hunchback, uh, you got a little bit of a swivel, but you're not really getting any uh, up and down or side to side. He's just sort of rotates his head around. Uh, you've got the wings are articulated on his back and his fly arms are ball jointed uh, where they connect in. Uh, at the elbows and at the wrist too. So you got lots of articulation uh, there. Uh, and his last uh, piece that he comes with, uh, not quite an accessory, kind of an extra little bonus buddy figure, uh, he comes with a mouser too, which is a oh, cool. fantastic sculpt. Uh, it is articulated. The head uh, is on a swivel. Look left and right. The jaw is articulated. That's neat. And uh, his legs at the hip are also articulated and he's fantastic, but I do hope uh, they give us a, a whole pack of these guys. The regular Baxter Stockman's going to come with a uh, traditionally painted version. This is a glow in the dark uh, version uh, to match the glow in the dark theme of this pack. Uh, and yeah, but uh, it'd be great to have, you know, 10 of these guys uh, planted around. Uh, it's a very, very much based off the Playmates toy too. Uh, in its shape and design and the little sharp tooth on the bottom of his jaw uh, there. So a really fantastic pack. He is unfortunately sold out everywhere now um, and being a <laughs> Super 7 and an exclusive and even the fact that the general figures are kind of made to be pre-ordered. Uh, you're probably looking at the secondary market for him. He cost $80 uh, new, so he's probably not going to be cheap uh, even if you do find him at... Uh, someone who's not going to mark up the price too much. But uh, the first wave of the Ultimates is just hitting now, so you'd potentially be able to find the basic Baxter Stockman. Uh, but they are made to order, so uh, once they've kind of sold out at retailers that put in extra stock, uh, they are kind of gone. So if you are on the fence on these guys, I'd probably say get them, and then if you don't like them, sell them off, then uh, be sitting there in a couple of months' time regretting not picking these up because yeah. uh, going off this guy, he's fantastic. And I love the old playmate sculpt. So seeing that realized again uh, in these newer figures, uh, I think this line, uh, once people are now starting to get them in hands, uh, there's going to be a bit more buzz, pardon the pun, uh, with these. So, <laughs> uh, I, what you did there. Yeah. yeah, I I do really like him. Uh, I'm going to give this guy nine out of ten dollars just because he's not exactly uh what you would uh expect of a basic baxter stockman it's not really uh one uh that you like uh th this is one you could definitely live without it being in your collection or uh on your shelf it is uh nice to get a, a bit of a preview of the line in hand but if the line had already been out i might have passed on this guy um but I'm, I'm in that sort of early honeymoon phase with a line where there's not too many figures <laughs> or that uh, coming through. So, yeah, I don't think you'd be too disappointed if this guy wasn't on your ultimate shelf. Uh, but uh, having said that, now that I've picked him up and have him in hand, I am really impressed and I'm more excited for this line uh, than I have been. So, yeah, 9 out of $10 for Baxter Stockman. Cool. Very cool. cool. That is fun. I like it. I'm glad you managed to get one well, as well. And I should mention too, I realized I didn't uh, say it, uh, his glow-in-the-dark is incredible. Uh, <laughs> it's a really powerful, uh, and it's like almost his whole body uh, lights up with this powerful blue glow. So it's not like any weak source glow-in-the-dark either. It's uh, This is proper glow-in-the-dark plastic. This is the This is the real stuff. Yeah, so if you were Excellent. preparing for the like uh, if you were preparing for the pending apocalypse and you had to you had to pack a bug out bag, you could uh, pack him as a light source. Yeah, between him and the uh, glow in the dark <laughs> Toxic Avenger Super Seven put out <laughs> weeks ago that I have as well, who's also incredibly strong. Uh, yeah, I could wave in an aeroplane uh, with two of these guys <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> I Excellent. love it. That's fantastic. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. Well, thank you very much, Eddie. We are going to take a break with something uh, probably very important, and then we will come back and talk more toy goodness. 
Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack? The Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle? Activate Ram! New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin? Fish bait for Luther? Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, Ben is the uh, meat in the sandwich in this episode, or the uh, <laughs> rose between the thorns, or, you know, your euphemism may vary, but he's going second out of three, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, reviewing something that I'm interested in, and so I will listen keenly as you speak, Ben. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so young people probably don't realise this, but uh, once upon a time before he became a brand, uh, Stanley was actually a person. <laughs> so um, it's I, I know it's hard to believe, but uh, yes, he, he he was just a you know he was a guy who who did stuff um, before he became uh, I, I guess uh, you know raced through the stratosphere and, and put on this. This pedestal by, you know, I, I guess the majority of people, you know, know Stanley best from uh, obviously his uh, cameos in the Marvel movies, and and you know he was often um, you know interviewed about upcoming Marvel films before he sort of got um, too old to be able to do that sort of thing anymore. Um, but but yes, believe it or not, there there is a small uh, minority out there who remember Stan as a person and a writer um, and as a I guess a bit of a carnival barker for Marvel Comics trying to uh, spruik the product and, and do whatever he could um, for the company. And, you know, some of us have actually read comics that he's written, believe it or not. Um, and as such, I've been reading comics for so long now that I can remember the bullpen bulletins and uh, I felt, you know, even buying all the back issues, um, I was enthusiastic to read the comics as well as things like the bullpen um, because Stan had that knack of, I guess, you know, identifying with the fans and, and drawing us in. And so, you know, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Stan. Um, I, I don't buy into the debate that many people get into online. Um, and as such, over the years, I've enjoyed picking up the odd Stan Lee merchandise. Uh, usually I, I go for sort of the more odd things. I've got the, the Stan Lee cologne. Um, which I talked about on an episode of the podcast eons ago and said that, um, yes, it smells exactly like an old man would smell. Um, I've got the 70s Slurpee Cup here somewhere. Um, and, you know, a few bits and pieces like that, an unofficial Lego minifigure and whatnot. So, do you have the Playgirl issue? <laughs> I, I do not. I do not. Wow. And uh, and you call yourself yeah. a fan. Well, I don't, I don't know what I am. I just think I uh, I have such a love of comic history as well. Like I, I have two bookshelves just full of books that are about comics uh, because I, I just enjoy reading about the people that created them and the stories uh, about those creations uh, and, and I'm always on the lookout for, for those sort of things. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I guess extending that to the love of the creators, um, they, you know, they say you should never meet your idols, but uh, I had the opportunity to meet Stan twice um, and he was lovely both times. The the first time um, he still, he was, you know, a little younger and, and still had sort of that, um, uh, I guess a bit of vitality about him, and and I actually got to have a conversation with him, which was nice. And and he he was lovely. He was very personable. He you know obviously likes to try and you know make people happy. Um, so uh, this one actually surprised me. This I'm going to be talking about the Stanley Minico figure, and Minico is uh, a new line from Iron Studios. And Iron Studios seem to be going absolutely great guns at the moment. They hit the market uh, with their statues pretty big, both um, in large-scale statues and now some of the smaller ones. They're bringing out those ridiculous um, dioramas of the three sentinels with uh, the assorted Marvel mutants and others attacking them. And, uh, yeah, crazy prices for those. But uh, it's nice to see them actually branching out. And when I bought this figure, I didn't even know it was Iron Studios until I had a look on the box. So uh, I'm pleased to say that there's actually a bit of information on the box about the figure. Uh, it doesn't actually men say who sculpted it. Um, now, yeah, so this 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 new line, the Minicos, are a um, stylized vinyl figure. 
much the same way daubs and pop vinyls are, and that sort of thing are. So you've got that kind of um, classic sort of oversized head, which seems to be almost a, a requirement for doing a stylized figure these days. Um, and uh, so you've got that sort of stylized cartoony look about it. Now, this one actually features Stan just sitting in a chair looking over his shoulder at you. Um, this is a, a 2020 release, and I picked it up only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it'll set you back about 35 US dollars. Um, and, you know, I'm actually quite impressed at how it's presented. So moving on to the packaging, yeah, it's in a box very similar to other things like pop vinyls, uh, like daubs, etc. cetera. Uh, it's a rectangular box. It's got a really, really big display window uh, that, that I'm, I'm really quite impressed of taken up a huge amount of real estate with a clear window which is open um on the front and on the side so you can get a good look at the figure before you even get it out uh and uh, they've gone for a black sort of cardboard but a lot of the text is actually done in a very well like a highly reflective gold uh and black and gold go really good together so this figure really looks nice and the black and gold also i guess adds a a bit of a, um, I don't know, sort of pimps it out a bit and makes it feel, you know, a little bit classy, I guess. Um, what is really cool is on the opposite side to the window, uh, you've actually got what I would probably say was the original control art for the piece. And I can't quite read the name of the person, but their signature is there. Uh, and the final figure is very close to what the control art was, but it's actually nice to see what it's been based on. So, that's actually kind of cool. Um, on the back, you've got the control art, and it's uh, a much smaller picture, but it's in a um, gold, like a really ornate um, frame, like you'd see on you know a classic uh, painting. And it's the kind of thing that if you were so inclined and into doing either dioramas or action figure photography, you could even carefully scan this in or even cut it out um, and use it. It's quite sort of nifty. So it mentions that it's done in conjunction with POW uh, Entertainment, which was Stan's company. So moving on, um, it's about five, he's He's probably about five and a half inches tall, and even though he's sitting on a chair, if you kind of look at how his legs are bent, um, I imagine if he didn't have the chair and was standing up normally, um, he'd probably still be around the same height. So you could probably expect that most figures in this line would be about that size. Uh, in terms of the, oh, sorry, in terms of the. Um, what do you call it, collector-friendly. Uh, yeah, so you can actually open it from the top or the bottom, up to you. Uh, it's got a, an inner plastic tray that the figure sits in. Um, and and strangely enough, um, Scotty, I think the Mezco 112 figures do this, but between Stan and the plastic tray is that kind of weird sheet of plastic film, almost like um, cling wrap sort of thing that they've put in between, which I don't quite understand the purpose that it oh. serves. I don't know whether maybe it's super soft and stops the plastic tray from scratching it i'm not mm. i don't the, the tray is not exactly brutal so i'm not quite sure what purpose it serves so anywho um so moving on to the sculpt uh as i said this is um a, a very stylized cartoony version of stan he's sitting on one of those fold up um kind of like a director's chair uh as if he's kind of waiting to do his cameo at the movies um, and he's got his arm over the back of the chair and he's turning his head around to to look at you, um, facing sort of almost the opposite direction. He's got a bit of a smile on his face. Um, and, you know, he, he looks like Stan Lee. It's very obvious very quickly, despite the oversized head and the stylized figure that it is Stan Lee. Um, they've gone for his kind of traditional outfit, including those white sneakers that he was uh, very, very well known for. Um one of the things I noticed that if you if you look at any of the interviews with Stan or anything like that in his later years, uh, age did finally catch up with him and he was really genuinely looking like a man who was uh, in his 90s. Because the sculpt is um, stylized, they haven't actually captured a lot of that kind of old man grainy nooks and crannies and so despite the gray hair and things like this you'd almost kind of feel that this is a younger stand maybe you know even in his 70s uh, which is pretty cool and that was me almost dropping it um so Everything you'd expect is there. Stan's wearing his his gold glasses. There is actually uh, lenses in them that are slightly tinted, so you do actually get different colour when you look through them. Um, he has his classic mo uh, and that sort of thing. What I really like is that 
the figure looks sharp. And when I say sharp, if you're used to pop vinyls where everything uh, is is kind of dulled, so even characters who carry swords, for example, the sword doesn't even remotely look like it's sharp because of the way the production is done on the pop vinyls and everything it has kind of a, a curve, cheap sort of curve to it. Um, this figure looks really sharp, and I, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that much of it is separate pieces. So I think that his hair is actually a separate piece and it's glued onto the head. And I suspect even things like his moustache are a separate piece that have been glued in. And therefore, um, it actually looks really quite clean where it actually meets the the skin of his cheeks, etc. The hair is the same. The glasses are obviously added later. Um, And so there's a really nice, clean feel to to the figure where everything meets, which I think is really, really cool. Um, A lot of subtleties that you might not expect in a stylized figure. So his classic sort of, oh, well, you know, sweater, as, as, as our American brethren refer to them. His jumper has all these really neat little lines to make it look like it's made of wool, etc. despite the fact that he's sitting down. They've taken the time to sculpt the tops of the pockets um, in his pants. His, his classic white sneakers are probably the best element. They've really gone to town on that and not only sculpted all the little kind of holes where um, the leather is stitched together, but even on the bottom they've gone out of their way to to sculpt tread um, on them. Um, the chair is actually pretty simple, but then I think this kind of chair generally is, so there's not a lot of detail, but even where the hinges are, um, they've got the little sort of rivets going through holding those, which is actually quite neat. So all in all, um, I actually think it's pretty good. And, and as I said before, Stan's got a smile on his face, and that's, I guess, you know, how I like to to think of, you know, of Stan. Um, in terms of the, uh, the paint, um, interesting it's it's one of those figures where you you really are sitting back trying to work out what's painted and what's actually cast in that particular colored plastic um so the chair for example uh looks like it's been assembled and it's been cast in this brown this light kind of tan color um they haven't actually highlighted it unfortunately um but it still looks pretty neat and so the back part of the chair that you'd sort of lean your lower back or middle of your back against they have actually painted black over the the color of the chair and that's actually done uh, fairly cleanly stan's uh signature is actually imprinted on the back of that as well if you couldn't actually tell who this was That'll uh, go a long way to helping. Um, the chair itself actually just sits on a black disc, which I really like, just a plain black disc, at, um, which is neat. It doesn't actually take away from the figure. Um, and so, therefore, in, in terms of paint, there's actually a bit of a struggle to see what is actually painted and what's not. Um, and a lot of this is actually just, you know, precast and assembled from the look of it. Like, even his the white collar of his shirt looks like it could actually be an extra piece that was um, glued into the green of his jumper. Um, his pants are cast in brown, so there's no paint there. Um, yeah, so in, in theory, the paint is actually quite sparse um, because of the way this figure has been designed and assembled. Um, and as I said, that actually lends itself to really, really clean lines, which is, uh, which is great. Um, in terms of articulation, because this is a vinyl figure, there's actually nothing happening here. Uh, not a lot going on here. His head doesn't actually turn. Um, so, you know, playability, posability, again, you're not going to get much out of this. You obviously want Stan looking over his shoulder, so you're not going to pose him front on and having him looking away from you. Um, so it's it's pretty much a, a one-shot deal. I mean, I, I really like this. This is how I like to think of Stan um, as that kind of, you know, friendly guy who who wanted to get to know us and, and you know, pimp his comics too. Um at the same time, it, it actually makes me a little sad because, uh, you know, there's so much merchandise available um, for Stanley, yet my Jack Kirby bust from Bowen Designs uh, sits on the shelf all by itself. Um, you know, this, this figure makes me want to collect a line of comic book legends. Um, you know, I'd love to have a similar figure to this. We've got Stan sitting in this chair. Now, admittedly, you know, his cameos and films are not what I want to remember him by. I'd much rather him kind of, you know, sitting at a typewriter or something like that. But, you know, I would love a Jack Kirby sitting at his drawing table um, in this line. I just think that would be absolutely fantastic. And you don't have your Todd McFarlane action figure sitting next to him? No, no. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, 
it's it's such a great figure, but at the same time, uh, I, you know, I'd love a, uh, a Jack Kirby. I would love a Joe Simon. I would love a um, John Romita, you know, John Basima. Uh, Etc. So, um, but you know, it's it's a lot of fun. I think the price point's actually pretty reasonable for what you're getting. Um, and you know, it's probably twice the the cost of a pop vinyl. But um, I think you know, it's got two to three times the quality over a pop vinyl. So, um, I I, re- I really can't fault it. Unfortunately, the box is such that I think it's it's can be scratched quite easily. So the the black because it's matte compared to the gold um, shows every mark on it um as part of you know the transportation so it mine's a little kind of damaged but it was um a pre-order and they didn't have any others in the shop so i was kind of lucky to get this one so um yeah i, I really you know it's the kind of thing i'd probably have to give maybe nine and a half out of ten you know it's a lot of fun for what it is and i think they've done a great job very good i've been eyeing off the comic uh aquaman that uh, is in this line and oh yes yeah, which looks really kind of cute. It, and so I was kind of interested in your thoughts on the quality before I pulled the trigger um, on that. Yeah, yeah. And to, to be honest, it would actually have me looking at others in the store, not for purchase, but just to see if that's a, a consistent approach to the way yeah. they make the figure. Um, and I imagine, you know, Jason Momoa with all that hair, um, you know, that would have to be a separate piece. And so with, with any luck, you know, we've stumbled on a line that, uh, you know, they seem to have overcome a lot of the issues that affect other similar lines. Um, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, quite enjoyable. Okay. Well, I don't know that we have reviewed an Iron Studios piece on the show before. Ooh, yeah. Uh, stand by Sexy. because I have fallen down the Iron Studios PC <laughs> rabbit hole. Something bad. I have Rogue Some, on pre-order, so we'll see bad. who comes in first. I've got, I've got. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it another time. Um, I've got Doomsday on the way. About that. Um, but. That's not what we're talking about now. We've just talked about Stan. We're going to have a short break, and then we'll come back with our final review of this episode. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing story cycle. That gyro power sends him over 100 feet at top speed. Look, and he's not through yet. Into the dragster. Evil's super sprint car with built-in drag shoot to slow him down. What a hook! And now, the Cycle, that daredevil death-defying supersonic sky plane on wheels. And here he is on the super cool chopper bike with the power that can really rip. He's sensational. He's evil Knievel. He's a knockout. He's ideal. It's not that unusual for Mr. Scotty to bring up the rear, and uh, for this episode, he is once again doing just that. We are going to hand over to him to find out if this particular item goes swimmingly. <laughs> So I normally do not collect movie toys, and that's partly just a you know one little boundary between me and bankruptcy, um, and also because I don't really like missions of the comic version. Um, and this is an Aquaman movie toy. Uh, I have stayed away from a lot of the Aquaman merchandise as well, again because it's movie. Um, I really did love the the solo movie. Um, I, I even though Jason Momoa is not the you know, visually what I would cast in, in terms of uh, an Aquaman. Um, I think he's amazing. And I bought the Mafex uh, Aquaman earlier this year and only just really got around to opening it up and having a proper look at it. Um, so I thought I would make it my review for the episode. So this is a, a 2019 release and a 2020 acquisition for me. Um, now, with the Metacom Mafex figures, these th- their movie and TV series line has a number of different properties in it that all come out in one, uh, I, I guess, the Mafex line, um, which and they have a Ben repelling element, which is that they are numbered, and the the mm. numbers... I know. And uh, so this is number 95, um, and but it's just number 95 of the Metacom Mafex movie line, not, you know, they don't do Marvel, so they've got other stuff in there um, as well. So that that is just something that you have to deal with if you want to collect these figures. But as I was looking at these today, I thought this would just stress better. Um, the 
and, and they're, they're quite prominent. Um, I've got the... I'm sweating uh, just looking at the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> I have um, 105 Batman Hush and 105 Dark, 106 Darkman Night Return. Oh my gosh, I can't speak, guys, I'm dying. Um, the, the 105 Batman Hush and 106 Dark Knight Returns on the way as well. So there you go. The... Uh, this is your a six-inch scale figure. Um, these obviously are more highly articulated and uh, detailed than your two retail figures, and thus the the, the price. Um, they they run kind of in the eighty to one hundred Australian uh, price tag, and that's you know obviously you've got to add shipping as well, unless you manage to kind of score one of these um, overseas. Uh, I, I I think I mentioned last year when I went to Singapore, my wife had a conference and I decided to be her plus one. And um, good golly, it's it's being able to go into some of those shops and just see wall-to-wall Mayfix figure arts, <laughs> you know, etc. It's um, kind of sad. Like, just <laughs> Not that you'd be able to go anywhere at the moment anyway, but um, the uh, th- this is... Uh, 28 points of articulation. Um, the uh, package. Oh, sorry, I'm all over the place. The packaging is a. I, I've got a. Sorry, guys, I'm going to start that bit again because my brain did seven things at once. It's okay. I'm the one that's got to edit it. In a five, four, three. So I do have a photo album of some shots of the packaging and the figure up on our Facebook page. So if you'd like to play at home, have a look. Packaging-wise, this box is a lot bigger than your figure arts boxes. They're quite compact. The Mefex are a bit bigger. They have... It's still a window box, but just a wider uh, cardboard box and then plastic tray inside. All the photography on the box are pictures of the actual figure and some posing suggestions which are not achievable and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Um and not just the inside, this is not your Mezco three thousand trays. They should do it just with so just a, a tray and a <laughs> and a cover. Um wow. I know. There's still. I'm going to complain about plastic in a moment, but it's not as bad as the Mezco. And then this comes with the figure. It comes with two different heads or portraits, and then it comes with a total of eight hands, so four sets of hands, and then the trident and a stand. 28 points of articulation. And so from a posability perspective, uh, the excellent. Um, there's uh, a good range of, of motion in the uh, arms and legs. The, the arm articulation on these, in order to achieve that, it's not pretty. There is an extra, when you know they have that ins, inset piece of uh, plastic in the shoulder, so the shoulder is a separate piece from the torso, and then the arm uh, joint is in that. Uh, that does obviously give you a wider range of movement, um, but I always kind of find them ugly. So the visually, because... All of that is orange metallic. It isn't super noticeable. Um, and again, always, I guess you're choosing between aesthetics and articulation. I've always been a fan of a little bit less articulate and prettier, but that's about. Um, likeness-wise, the heads that they've done have a really good likeness. Um, the hair is from my hair in your review, uh, Ben, when we were talking about the um, Iron Studios stuff. The, the hair is obviously a, a problem from an articulation perspective. In you know, How do you do a head sculpt that has long hair but still allow the head to turn? And what's happened here is that you've got a head, um, and, and the hair is probably just... Uh, a little bit bigger than what would look visually correct in order to give range of movement. So the longer part, the, the the longer pieces of his hair are in a very flexible plastic, and so that means that they will move over the shoulder. And he really does have that range of neck articulation. But then, in order, I think to achieve that, the hair is a separate piece that's glued on, and on the sides it's a little bit bigger. So we kind of are borderline Grizzly Adamsing the 
the kind of likeness. It's kind of like part part Jason Momoa, part Grizzly Ange. You just gotta gotta live with that. He has got two different facial expressions, more of just a uh, serious expression, and then a mouth open, angry expression, which is the one that I've chosen to uh, pose with and do most of the photos with. This is a pretty accurate representation of the film costume and so i i think in terms of translation from something that we are accustomed to in the comics to the film that this is really fantastic obviously the the armor on the back of his uh upper arm and then also his kind of butt armor is not canon you know as it were so he he looks a lot more Aquaman from the front, then from the back, you know, those pieces are probably a bit unnecessary, but the costumers have to earn their... Um, but they've done a really good job of sculpting all of that on in a way that doesn't inhibit movement at all. And uh, I think just particularly with the open mouth expression, it's, it's really dynamic, and so it automatically makes a lot of the posing more dynamic because they've done such a good job with the the facial um, expression of that. And, and like I said, the likeness as well. Um, this is pretty much all metallic, um, the, uh, the metallic paint. The scalloping on his um, costume, fantastic. D- different sort of scaling on the orange chest and arm pieces as opposed to the green uh, trouser pieces and then some really lovely um, ma- different kind of shade metallic green accents on uh, both his gloves and his boots that add some fantastic detail. And in terms of the, the swap out parts, the heads are really easy to swap on and off. The hands have a slightly uh, pre-lost element to them. I mean, they're very tiny, and they're not as easy to swap on and off, so a little bit of care um, there. And uh, one thing I find really interesting with the hands that they've done is that we've got four sets of hands, but no swimming hands. Come on, guys. That's a bit weird, because, I mean, even some sort of, you know, karate chop hand would have, you know, sufficed to make it look like he's doing something... Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, I, it drives me crazy when you get an Aquaman figure that only has swim hands. That's you know, that's. A, but um, the the I, I was kind of like, hey, where's the swim hands? But now we've got fists, we've got clenched hands, uh, we've got tightly clenched hands, and then we've got kind of outstretched hands, and uh, then trident holding. So there is one set of just closed fists, and then there's one set of hands that are more closed, but they have got a hole in the middle to slide the trident through. The end piece of the trident comes off, um, and then uh, so that you can slide the rest of the trident through his hand and then pop that back on. So it's quite clever um, in that regard. And uh, definitely, you know, while I was complaining before about the visuals of the shoulder articulation, some of the poses that you can achieve with the trident just wouldn't be possible with normal ball jointed arms. So I totally mm. get that. One thing that I have found, and now the hands are not super secure. Um, so the, I'm finding that the hands, when I'm trying to pose, have a tendency to pop off and they're really tiny. So um, that's just something to kind of be aware of. The other thing that you you might find you know, kind of visually not appealing is the way that the torso joint is done is that it's a like a ball jointed torso so it, which means that there's like a really wide range of movement but the torso piece and the crotch piece um have got a very visible line uh in between them and when if he depending on the pose even with the his belt and a symbol that are all sculpted onto the crotch piece you can sometimes kind of see um in and to to see the kind of ball joint inside so that's something that again you know this is movement and articulation over some of the aesthetics but that that's just something that i think is probably noteworthy in a review so that, I mean, look, this is I I really like this figure. I think that in terms of a uh, Momoa, you know, I'm not going to go for the Hot Toys 
version, just you know, from a, what I'm prepared to spend on a movie figure, etc. Um, I think I, I do have like the Diamond Gallery um, Aquaman as well, mainly because I, I bought it from my local comic shop uh, on a time when there was nothing else there and I really wanted to support them. <laughs> but, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll buy Aquaman. Um, <laughs> Good on but, you. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, this is probably as much as I'm prepared to spend on a on a movie action figure. But it'd be cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to about though is the stand. So, on our last episode, I reviewed the Mezco 112 Magneto, and I talked about. I, I'm not normally someone that uses stands, etc. But I broke out the uh, posing and flight stand of that Mezco piece and found it was really cool and worked really well with the Magneto. And this stand is the very, very poor cousin of the Mezco stand. Um, the it is uh, at, at first I was like, oh, this is cool because it's not going to take up a lot of space. Um, it's got a a a much smaller uh, kind of oh, I'm, I'm my maths is coming back to me. It's like a trapezoid sort of you know shape, and then just a one armed. Um, uh, piece with the kind of clasp in the middle, um, but it really is a posing stand and in no way a flight stand because it does not support the weight of the. So when I, when I was saying before the poses on the the box and all of them are achievable, one of them is a kind of swimming pose where he's swimming ahead, swim handless of course, um, but putting the the trident out and I thought oh, I'll have a go at that, and this this is not actually. A flight stand. So, um, I mean, maybe if I got out a teeny tiny screwdriver and tightened the bolts, it, it might. But I, but I just was thought it was interesting. You know, like not all stands are created equal. Um, the uh, so yeah, that's a bit of a a, a fail because I, I don't understand why you would need a stand like this when he stands up fine on his own, um, other than to support the weight of the figure so you can do other things. And if it doesn't support the weight of the figure, then what's the point? So that was a bit of a bummer, but that's, mm. you know, that's by the by. So I'm going to say nine or ten dollars. I'm, you know, nothing wrong with the figure, uh, you know, but the stand, a joke. And, and I think, let's say half a point for the stand and half a point for no swimming hands, because that just seems lazy. You know, <laughs> a, a higher end, you know, figure that, that, uh, that, that didn't happen. Um, but, you know, fun, and I'm glad I bought it. And that's Aquaman. Very nice. Very cool. It's a fembot, new from Kenner. And Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. I'm Jamie Summers. Oh, no, you're not. I am. You're a fembot. Your paralyzer gave you away. She's a mask maker. Now I have to disguise myself as a mystery baby. No one will recognize me. Not even Jamie. Ha ha. Fembot comes with everything seen here. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. Well, if you thought that that last segment ended a little bit strangely, it's because our recording cut out for some reason right as we were about to say goodbye and tell us where you could contact us. So I will do it again. If you would like to email us, you can email at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at actionfigureblues. And we're not on Snapchat or TikTok because we are not cool enough. We love hearing from you. We love your recommendations. Uh, just a reminder that we also are very happy to receive guest reviews as well. And if they sound okay and are not porn, we'll probably put them in the show. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening and good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.